All right. Our sermon today is from Luke 9, verses 1 through 6. If you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Luke 9, verses 1 through 6. That's found on page 1,101 in your Blackview Bible or 1,253 in the Adventure Bible. Luke 9, verses 1 through 6. And I read in Jesus' name. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And whatever they do, and wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Let us pray. Father, as we meditate on this passage, on these, these truths, Lord, on this story, we ask that you would bless us through it. Lord, that this account might change the way that we interact with you. Lord, that we would, that we would see what it means to be a disciple. Father, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I entitled today's sermon, Discipleship, because that's what Jesus is doing. You know, this isn't just the sending out of the twelve. It is that at a surface level, but why is Jesus doing this? He is doing this for the growth of his people. You know, as as Paul quotes Jesus in the book of Romans. He says, as our Lord said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so all that the disciples had been receiving, they were now called to go out and to give into the countryside as well. And so this story, the, the placement of this story is important because Luke is writing an orderly account. And so Luke's account is probably chronological, more so than Matthew or Mark or John, which seem to be more thematic and having different themes and whatnot. And I'm not going to go into all of that. But what had Jesus been doing with the disciples before this time? You know, he was teaching. And so he wasn't just teaching his disciples, he was teaching the crowds. And so he was showing the disciples, hey, what, is it, what does it look like to teach? What, how do you do that? You know, and so we had the Sermon on the Plain, and this was, you know, the Sermon on the Mount probably was before this time. And so you have the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. And the disciples, they saw this. They saw Jesus teaching the crowds. They saw big crowds. They saw Jesus teaching individual situations. They witnessed what teaching really looks like. And so now Jesus is giving them the opportunity to go out and imitate that. Be imitators of Christ. Paul tells us this. And so what are the disciples doing? Okay, you've seen me do it. Now you do it. Try it. You know, which is great. Because was Jesus afraid of his disciples failing? No. He sent them out. Think about that. You know who they were no longer hanging out with when he sent them out two by two? Jesus. So go and do it. Just go and do it. You know, and that's important. 
isn't it? Should we always, have any of you, you don't have to raise your hands, not done something out of fear of failure? I have. I can raise my hand. That's not what Jesus did for the disciples here. He's saying, hey, you've witnessed me do this. You've seen me teach. You go teach. You go do it. You know they mess up. We trust the Holy Spirit, can't we? He works. He's more powerful than we are. And so I can have all the right words without the Holy Spirit and it goes But with the working of the Holy Spirit, he can even make dry bones live. So he can use my faltering words and glorify God. And so the disciples have seen this and now they're going to do. They've seen Jesus do miracles. They know who this God, this guy is. You know, walking on water, stopping the storm. They've witnessed this. This is the guy that they're talking about. You know, remember Jesus? They've experienced Jesus. They have experienced the Godhead of Jesus. He is powerful over the things of this world. He is powerful in ways that we've never understood. He has wisdom that is beyond us. They've experienced that. And so what are they going and teaching? They're teaching about Jesus. They're teaching about the Jesus that they have walked with, that they have seen, that they have seen do things that no man can do. Well, that's what we're called to do too, right? We're not called to just go and teach something theoretical. We're, that's, that's not what discipleship is about. Discipleship is about learning from the incarnate Christ, the one who lives and walks with us. You know, how has the Holy Spirit worked in your life? How has God led you and guided you? How has God blessed you? How have you seen God work? We bring these things into the world. This is what God has done for me. You know, this is, this is how God has blessed my marriage when we've tried to live, in a, tried to have our marriage be godly. You know, that's how, how does that work out? You know, it works out really well. We've tried to raise our children in godliness. Kevin. No, that's a good question, Kevin. And so Kevin, Kevin's question was, when, when we're talking about Jesus giving power to heal and them out healing, is, is this just physical? Or is this also spiritual? Or is this spiritual and emotional and not physical? How does this interact with us? And so, I'll get to it. <laughs> because they saw Jesus do healing. And, and so as they witnessed the miracles and who this Jesus is, they also witness what happens when the God who is interacts with the world that is fallen, that has, that has sin, that has sickness, that has death, that has disease, that, that has emotional turmoil and pain. Because and, we live in a world right now that has emotional turmoil and pain. If, if you want to know about the emotional turmoil and pain, just talk to a principal. Because, or a, well, yeah, or a high schooler for that matter. Because <laughs> no, they're dealing with it. Our kids are dealing with it. 
or, you know, talk to a doctor and the stuff that's going on in the medical system and how the people that are coming with emotional issues. We are living in this world and you know what the healing for those things are. The emotional, the, the intellectual healings, they are in Christ. They are in Christ because what happens when Jesus enters into the world? Things get fixed. What is disease? Are we, are we born to be diseased? Boy, that's a weird question to ask. Are we born to be diseased? Are we born to be sick? Is that the natural state of humanity? No, that is the fallen state of humanity. Because when humanity was created, things were very good. We weren't supposed to get sick. Cancer is not, it's natural, but it's because of the fall. COVID is natural, but it, well, not really, but it's because of the fall. <laughs> Multiple, whatever. <laughs> we'll put that aside and then get canceled off of YouTube. Um, Thankfully, we have bitchute. These things, what, is, what happens when God writes things? When God enters in, people are healed. When God enters into hearts, people are healed. You know, and so that's why Jesus is the center. And you know what? Can God still heal physically? Absolutely. He, he does. Yeah. Yeah, Linda, you know, and Cheryl, we've seen God heal. We've seen God heal. Does God still heal miraculously? Absolutely. We've seen it. I've seen it. You know, and, and I don't want to pick on Edgar. It is fun picking on Edgar, but I don't want to pick on Edgar too much, but if you want to hear some stories about a miraculous healing, Edgar's got a couple. Is God healed miraculously? Does he do it? Yeah. Does he do it all the time and in every way that we would want? No, because God's smarter than we are. You know, I, I think of... Uh, the Christmas story, you know, with Ralphie and you're going to shoot your eye out. You know, why didn't he get the, why did it take so long for him to get that BB gun? Because he was going to shoot his eye out. That's what everybody said. And then what happened when he got the BB gun? <laughs> he shot himself in the eye. <laughs> so does God always give to us? You guys probably don't remember that story. Um, does God always give to us what we ask for? No, because he's smarter than we are. And he knows what I would do with it. That's why God hasn't made me a millionaire yet. Because he's smarter than I am. Praise God. Praise God that he doesn't always answer our prayers. But praise God then that he does answer them. Sometimes he answers them in ways that we're not expecting. Oftentimes in ways that we're not expecting. You know, yeah. Yeah. So they've, they've seen this. They know what Christ is calling them to do because they've walked with Jesus. They've walked with Jesus. And that's why walking with Jesus is central to living in this world. To being a disciple of Jesus, meaning that you learn from him and then spread what he has taught you into this world, that means that you walk with Jesus. You don't just read your Bible. You live it. What does this look like applied into my life? How am I supposed to live this out? How does this change me? You know, does prayer really work? Well, should I be praying about that? Well, God says this, but I feel like doing that. Who should be Lord in this situation? Are my feelings Lord over Jesus? Do my feelings know best? No. I feel like doing that. I don't want to follow Jesus. Well, that's just my passion and my desire. Should I follow my want? I don't want to. It sound like my children. I don't want to. <laughs> Your guys' children probably never said something like that. But we, Christ is incarnate. He lives these things out. So also we are supposed to make these things flesh. These truths of God, we live them out. We make them a part of our lives. Because these are true. These are true. These are the right patterns of the world. These are the things that work. These are the things that are wise. 
You know, I don't know how many ways to say it. This is the stuff that's best. Not, not necessarily in the short run because God isn't always, well, God looks at the short run, but he always looks at the long run also. You know, I feel a lot more comfortable. How, how many of you have fasted? Many of you? While you're fasting, do you feel uncomfortable? Yeah. Does that mean you should just stop fasting whenever you feel uncomfortable? No. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, of course. That's what the hobbits do. You know, luncheon, and second breakfasts, and afternoon tea. No. We trust Christ. We set that goal. And so they've, so what Jesus does, Jesus gives them power. I'm on the wrong verse there. Um, and he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Now the first thing I want to draw your attention here is that they did not earn this power. It's not, they were disciples, so they had the right to it. Jesus gave them these gifts. And that's the way that gifts go. We're told in, I'm not going to open it up. We're told in Hebrews 2 that God gives, I think it's Hebrews 2. We'll make sure it's right for the video. Um, that God gives these gifts according to his will. That the Holy Spirit gives them according to his will. And so he hasn't, he hasn't given me the ability to lay my hand on someone and heal. But you know, I've, I've prayed for people and seen them healed shortly thereafter. You know, I think about our fertility. I think about my dad's cancer. I think about those things because, you know, there was no medical reason why Kirsten was able to get pregnant with Anthony. It was miraculous. That doesn't mean that Anthony is immaculately conceived, but it was... <laughs> He might think that. No, um, his mom might think that. Depends on the day. But my dad's cancer. We prayed for him. He had a five percent chance of surviving. Janet. Yeah. Well, and so to, to play off of that, so what Janet said is a person's ability to receive that healing is important too. Because when Jesus went to Capernaum, he wasn't able to do. Any miracles except healing a couple people. and Because they, they didn't believe. Yeah, they didn't trust God. They were relying on other things. So if we're relying on other things, that doesn't mean you don't go to the doctor. But that means as you go to the... I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's okay. As we go to the doctor, what do we do? Do we trust that Lindy is going to heal us? He doesn't have that ability. Do we trust that the medicine is going to heal us? No. We trust that God is going to heal us with the help of Lindy, through the medicine. But who is our faith in? Where is our faith? It's in God. And so do I trust that, you know, my job is going to provide for me? Well, maybe, but I also, I trust, really, that God provides for me through my job. So where is that, where is that provision coming from? Where does it start? Where is the headwaters? It's in God. Mississippi is a great river, and it's used all over the place. But it starts in northern Minnesota. <laughs> Where everything good starts. No, I'm, no. <laughs> Come on, Kathy, don't laugh that hard. <laughs> a little too much Norwegian coming. Well, there's a lot of Norwegian coming down that river, yeah. Um, so, this power isn't earned. They didn't get it because of their piety. They didn't get it because of some good works that they've done. They didn't get it because they prayed enough. They didn't get it because they read their Bibles enough. They didn't get it because of any of those things. They got it because God gave it to them. And so when we talk about the spiritual gifts, we don't talk about them as something we earn. 
something that we drum up, something that if, if I have enough faith, then I will get them. Because what is that? That's faith in my faith. It my, isn't my faith that calls these things down. God sends them. Jim? Balaam. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the donkey. So what Jim made mention of is the donkey with Balaam. You know, was, did the donkey earn the right to speak for some reason? No. You know, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm able to be a pastor. Because if God spoke through a donkey, he can even speak through a Norwegian. That's amazing. The power of God. These things aren't earned, and that's important. But why were they given? to proclaim the kingdom of God. It wasn't for the sake of the disciples. Well, they would have, you know, as, I'll, I'll be honest, as, as we've prayed for things and seen God answer, that has built my faith. Absolutely. But that's not the end. You know, that, that's an end, but not the end. It's for the kingdom of God. It's so that we could take those things and give them. So we could show people, this is what God's doing. Do you see God? You know, do you see God working? That's, why, do we pro, why are we given these gifts? Why do we have the abilities? That what talents and gifts has God given you? Why has God given them to you? So that you can proclaim the kingdom of God. You know, that's what they're supposed to be used for. That's what they're supposed to be trained for, to reveal the kingdom of God. We train our gifts. We train our passions. We train our desires. For what? To reveal the kingdom of God into this world. Because that's the ultimate goal. And then as we proclaim the kingdom of God into this world, things are healed. Diseases are healed. You know, at multiple levels, diseases are healed. Because some diseases come because of bad lifestyle decisions. And those things are healed as people learn to walk with Christ. And so at that level, diseases are healed. At another level, we proclaim the kingdom of God and people then have peace and they have will to fight. They know that, that these diseases are not supposed to be there. And so then they fight instead of just giving over. And at that level, diseases are healed. And then sometimes God works miraculously. And without a mediator, without a doctor, without medicine, God just heals. And at that level, God heals for the sake of the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God might be proclaimed, that the world might know that God is the one that fixes the world. Not the government, not therapists and shrinks and psychiatrists, those, those, not democracy. Democracy is not going to fix our world. Capitalism is not going to fix our world. I like it a lot better than socialism, but it's not going to fix our world. It's Christ, because capitalism doesn't work without Christ. Democracy doesn't work without Christ. These things don't work apart from Christ. And so what are, we, what are we seeing here? It's Christ that fixes the world. It's Christ that heals diseases. And if Christ can heal diseases, he can heal emotional trauma too. Right? So we believe Christ. We trust him. We walk with him. We rely on him. We surrender to him. We don't surrender to the things of this world. We don't give up as some nihilist and say, it's worthless, I'm just going to give up. No, we surrender to Christ and then walk in his way as Lord. So he gave power. 
and he gave provision. And it's interesting. I, man, I, this is an interesting passage. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And so think about that. Jesus is sending them out, and he is giving them that opportunity to see firsthand God provide through people. He is he's giving them this opportunity. Because that's an opportunity. You know, how does God normally provide for humanity? It's through our jobs, right? But here, as he's proclaiming the kingdom of God, as they're proclaiming the kingdom of God, they have no promise. They have no promise of bread. They have no promise of food from, you know, through earthly means. They're not supposed to be doing this in order to earn their money. Because at this point in time, there were traveling teachers. And there are teachers that would travel around and you would pay them to teach you. And so you'd have to pay them up front because you gave the money before they gave the lesson. But that's not the way the disciples are supposed to be doing it. Because that, meth- that method, the method of the secular teachers, and not even just the secular ones, because there were traveling like rabbis around at this time. Some people say, well, that's what Jesus was. He was just a traveling rabbi. Well, no. The traveling rabbis, the traveling teachers, whether Greek or Hebrew, it doesn't matter. They would make you pay up front. Jesus taught, regardless if anybody paid, and he relied on God to turn people's hearts to provide for him. So also, he was training the disciples. We rely on God to work, use people to provide for us. We don't do this to earn our own. Does God always do it that way? You know what? God is the one that always provides through. It's God who's providing through. God provides through my job. God provides through, through you, for me and my family. God provides. You know, and as we pray, God provides. If God's able to provide financially, do you think God's also able to provide emotionally? Yeah. You think God's able to provide intellectually? Yeah. You think God's able to guide us then through the advice and the, the counsel of other people? Is God so powerful that he can actually use other people to guide my life? Yeah. And so this was a lesson for the disciples. See how God can work. You don't have to rely on yourself. You don't have to be afraid of failure. You can trust God. You can trust God. Follow him. Do what he's called. Because if we can trust God in our finances, we can trust God in everything. If I can trust God for my salvation, I can trust God in everything. If I can trust God in everything, well, then the question is, why am I not trusting God in some things? That makes me a fool, doesn't it? Because I'm denying what I've seen with my very eyes. Seen God provide. Money coming right at the right time. You know, not quite as, I don't have as long of a story as um, George Mueller, the orphanage director in England. Like, if you've ever read that, read that whole book, it's huge. And there's story after story after story after story of God just miraculously providing. They were out of milk and the milk truck broke down right out front and they didn't have good refrigeration. So it was, well, either we throw it away or we give it to this orphanage. Well, let's give it to the orphanage. Well, they had just prayed for that. You know, they had all the orphans praying for milk. God provided. Boom. You know, it's great stories. I'd encourage anybody to read George Mueller. But God does that to us too. 
And so if we've seen that and we hear these things, why don't we walk in them? But not only that, he was giving the people, God was giving the people an opportunity to participate in the ministry. So this summer I led a Bible camp and I had them, um, we did an experiment with music. And so we had them uh, hear an upbeat praise song. And then we talked about, well, what did that do to your emotions? And, you know, and it, it got them excited. They, got, they felt, felt happy. They felt peaceful. They felt joyful. And then we had the, the summer team play a very melancholy praise song, as melancholy as they had, you know, as sad as, it wasn't sad, but, you know, as minor keyed as we could get. What did that do to their emotions? Well, it, it was a downer. And then we had them participate in a song. We had them sing along. What did that do to their emotions? As they participated, their emotional, ex- the way that their emotions re- in- interacted with that song was way greater than when they just heard it. And so they listened to it and it raised them up a bit. They participated and raised them up a lot more. You want to walk with God? Participate. Put yourself into it. You know, and this is financially because, well, where a man's treasure is, there his heart will be also. Jesus tells us that. And so why are we called to give financially? So that all of ourselves can be put into the kingdom of God. Is it just to provide for Hosanna? No. Is it so Pastor Joe can, you know, make sure he's got nice shoes? No. That, that, I don't know why I picked up my shoes. I'm 13 years old now. I only wear them on Sunday morning, so I don't, I don't get a lot of traction. <laughs> but, you know, it's not, it's not for those sakes. Why do we give? Well, Hosanna needs more money. Why do we give? We give out of love for God because we want to experience the kingdom of God more. We want to participate in the kingdom of God. So we give of our finances. But if we're giving of our finances, why don't we give of our talents? Why don't we give of our time? Why don't we give of our energies? Why don't we give those things too? You know, because if I've experienced the blessings, how many of you guys have ever been blessed by giving? I have. And if I've experienced the blessing of giving my finances, why wouldn't I also think that if I gave my time and my energy and my thought and my passions to the Lord, that he wouldn't bless those things also. That doesn't mean they're going to grow and get bigger. I hope my passions don't get any bigger. Um, what that means is that God blesses us through them and he uses them. And then we get to experience that. We get to participate. And so then we get to be drawn into those things as well. So it's an opportunity for us to be drawn more so into the kingdom of God. And it's also an opportunity for division. Because those who do provide, those who do give in, to the kingdom of God. Those who give of themselves to the kingdom of God will be separated from those who don't. Those who withhold themselves from the kingdom of God. What happens to them? God, the message of God walks away from them. The messengers of God walks away. Shake the dust off their feet. You know, what does that mean? Even the dust, your dust doesn't cling to me. We don't want anything of you. And so if we're not... If we're not giving of ourselves, what are we calling upon ourselves? What curses come then? You're outside. You wander away. You know, and that's scary. I read this, read this end passage. And whenever and wherever they do not receive you, 
When they leave that town, shake, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So then the question is, do we receive this? Do we live this out? Do we make it a part of ourselves? Do we invite it in, into our hearts, into our lives? Or do we invite something else in? Because something's going to live there. What's going to live in my heart? What am I going to receive? What am I going to live out? What am I going to participate in? Do you want to participate in something that fixes the world? That when you live it, it blesses you and everyone else? Does it give you an easy life? No, because easy is not always a blessing. Is it? That, you know, you think, about, you think about lifting weights. I'm thinking about lifting weights. If a guy was only lifting a two-pound weight, would that make you stronger? I tell you what, it'd make me bored. It wouldn't make you stronger. If you want to grow in something, you have to be challenged. God isn't giving us an easy life. He's calling us to a great adventure. He's calling us to the greatest thing that the world ever could, has ever seen. Christians living out their Christianity. Actually imitating their teacher. That's what Christ has called us to. And if you want the gift to healing, you want to have these spiritual gifts, Paul says, earnestly desire them. Pray, ask. We'll see if God gives them. But then we trust. We don't get them because we ask so much. Get them as God gives for the sake of his kingdom because that's the end. That's the goal. That's why all of these things have been given to us that the kingdom of God might come into this world in all aspects of my life and in all aspects of your lives and in all the aspects of everybody's life and everywhere that the kingdom of God touches, which is all the world. That's what God wants. He wants the whole world to see his glory, to know who he is, to know what happens when he comes into lives. So live it. Be a disciple. Live it. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for sending us Christ that we might be disciples of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for sending us the Holy Spirit to correct us when we go astray, to guide us into righteousness. Lord, we thank you that we can proclaim the kingdom of God come into this world. Lord, living in us, we thank you that we can experience you as we participate in these things. Lord, bless us now as we seek you. Lord, that we would see the wrongs righted the emotions healed, the bodies healed, the minds healed, Lord, to see our culture submit to you again. Father, we look forward to that day. Bless us and guide us, Lord, that your kingdom might come to us, to everybody that we touch. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.